Welcome to the Dodo Birds Podcast with Dano and Lil. Hey everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Dodo Birds. Dude, Lo, you excited to talk about some more Dota? Super excited. Dude, I am I'm jazzed. I'm thrilled. Jazzed. Yeah, no, seriously. Last week, you know, we, we did this thinking it'd be fun, you know, learn a little bit ourselves. Little did I know that people would actually listen to it. I know, we got some pretty good feedback. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed. The fact that we even got it on iTunes. I thought iTunes would be like, dude, you guys are a joke. We're not actually going to put you up there, but we got on iTunes. That's sweet. I know. Come back when you guys are real podcasters. Yeah, no, no doubt. I thought that was going to (laughs) happen. But we're actually really grateful. Everybody's listening and who was listening last week. You know, we got a lot of good feedback from Reddit. and Got uh, some great future topics as well. Yeah, uh, we appreciate all that. If you guys have any more suggestions or topics you want us to talk about, please shout out to us on Twitter or Reddit or wherever you want. You can also go to our website, dotobirds.com, and you can, uh, you know, Comment in the South Clown sections, I guess. Yeah, there's a ton of places to talk to us, but we want that. I it, it really motivates me to keep on doing this. It really does. We wouldn't do it if it weren't for you guys listening to the podcast, which brings us to today's topic. Today, we're actually going to talk about power spiking, uh, power peaking in the game, when you can recognize your power peaks and power spikes and what that really means for the overall success of the game. There's really a few different things that we want to talk about when it comes to power spiking. So first of all, how can you determine your power spiking? and the different kinds of power spiking within that. The first one that we want to talk about is really the items involved with power spiking because that's one of the easiest key determining factors when it comes to how strong you are, especially as a new player. I don't know if you noticed when you first started playing Dota if there was like this one item that you just longed for. No, totally. Like, Yeah, items especially were the easiest way for me to first see it because, you know, when I watched TI6, I got super into it. But it was mainly because of a couple characters. I watched Batrider and I was like, you could visually see how awesome he was. He would blink in, he would grab this person with a lasso and he'd bring him out. You know, you could visibly see how impactful he was in one situation, really. I didn't really feel like he was too good in other things. I didn't really understand the game at that time. But the more I've gotten into this game, you can tell these peaks happen, you know, in the first instance that we want to talk about through these items. With the example that I want to bring up is Blink Dagger. Blink Dagger in itself can really spike a character's productivity. You look at this example when he uses Batrider, he's pretty good throughout the game. You know, he has these couple abilities. He has his, what is it called? The mortar, the napalm, sticky napalm. Mm -hmm. He has sticky napalm. It's good. Can, you know, stack up, give a lot more. But really, his lasso is what you want. It helps with your team fight so much. But lasso is not even that good because you're kind of slow. You kind of just fly around, flop around. But then when you actually get that blink dagger, you're able to just go and grab him. It exponentially makes him better. Yeah, no doubt. And there are some key items that I want to point out that uh, whether you're a support or a carry or an offlaner, whatever your role or position is, which we talked about last, last podcast, there's probably at least one item that you're like, I just kind of need this item. Otherwise, I'm not going to be very good. I'm not going to do very well. I can't contribute a whole lot to the team. And some of the key items that I think are kind of bigger items, obviously things like boots, you know, we're not going to cover that, right? Uh, everybody gets boots and that's up to your discretion of what kind you should get. In the, no, in the boots are my power item. When I get my tranquil boots, that's the only thing I shoot for all game. You better those, watch out. Those tranquils. No, but some of the key items uh, definitely are blink dagger, aghanim scepter on certain heroes, shadow blade on certain heroes, 
even if you're like a support and you're like, I just need that four staff as a critical item or a Yule Scepter, right? Those are these items that give you that little extra bit of either power spiking because I'm able to delay the fight a little bit longer so that my team, uh, powerful teammates can come and help me or I get that great initiation I need to really get you know, the handle on the, the team fight or you know, I just need that extra time to get away, right? One of my favorite things to think about is Puck is really great with a blink dagger and yeah, she initiates with it, but the versatility and mobility that she gets from the blink dagger, you're able to kite somebody so long and so far. And we've got a clip of this that we'll link in dodobirds.com of S4 literally like just taking the whole team around the map, just chasing after this S4 puck with a blink dagger Yule Scepter. And it's hilarious to watch. It's seriously oh, yeah. like 30 seconds of just him running across into the enemy's base. It's yeah. great. Well, and another one that we'll link to is I love watching GH's Earthshaker all throughout TI7. That guy, he was so disruptive. And you're like, what? He's a three or four position the whole time? Oh, yeah. But yet he could just do so much with so little, with just a blink dagger. That's all he really needed. And then with his totem or his fissure, he would just go around the whole map and cause so much wreckage. Like yeah. it was his presence was always felt around the map. Yeah. And I think that's the importance of having these key items is you really want to be able to say, okay, I really can't do anything or my presence on the map is really limited until I get this item. And so I don't care if you're a position one, if I'm the position three and I need my blink dagger, I'm going to have a much bigger impact with that little bit more extra farm than you are going to have. So maybe that carry should actually step to the side a little bit and secure me some farm so I can get this power spiking item. Yeah, I did think it was quite interesting throughout TI7 how people kept banning Coddle from GH. Sorry, I'm like having like this GH like boner over here, I guess. <laughs> I don't know Just what it is. Fallen form. Yeah, but you know, I thought it was interesting because Coddle to me, he is annoying. He is so annoying, but I never thought he was ban worthy. But it was interesting the game where he finally got Coddle. In the, in the grand finals. And throughout the whole time, he's just farming. I've never seen a coddle need to farm so much. Yeah, it's like he was a position one coddle. Yeah. And the whole game, they're like, just wait. You hear the commentator, just wait till coddle gets his axe. And they keep on saying that. Just wait till he gets his axe. And I was like, really? Is coddle going to do that much? Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the power spikes with these items. So Coddle, for example, and GH in particular, he's so good with his Illuminate. He just is able to time it and to position his Illuminate, which is just a huge, massive wave of damage that with his Ags, not only damages enemies, but heals teammates for the equal amount of damage dealt during the daytime. And so that power spike is just insane when he's able to grab that Ags. He's able to just position an Illuminate and run away from it and then make sure that all of his teammates are just fighting within the range of motion of that illuminate all the heroes on the enemy team take tons of damage all the heroes on the uh gh's team are able to just heal for huge amounts of damage sustain that team fight yeah and there's so many different ways that people can get these item spikes than just the normal store bought items like I know you've explained to me before, and I think it'd be good for you to talk about is the runes. I think people don't understand how powerful these runes are. You know, you get the 40 minute rune where they both start coming up or, you know, people can bottle runes. I think these are basic concepts people understand, but I think there's more to actually being able to spike off of these runes that I think you, you've explained before. Yeah. 
I mean, there that's one of the unique things in Dota that no other MOBA really has is like these runes that you're able to grab every even minute of the game and they give you a small boost in power, whether it's maximum move speed or two illusions of yourself that can, you know, juke out or even confuse the enemy or the arcane rune, which gives you faster cooldowns and all of your spells cost less mana. I mean, that can be huge, especially on somebody who has a huge ultimate, you know, that power totally. spike. Yeah, well... Even look at, that's one of my favorite things, honestly, about this game, illusions. I hated illusions when we first started playing because I was like, these are so annoying and they're really powerful at that time. Like, I don't even remember how powerful illusions were at that time. And then they got nerfed to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact that I can have illusions, that I can have this micro, it's really cool. Yeah, and that can actually give way to one of the power spikes. We have a pretty cool clip, if we can find it, on dodobirds.com where, you know, items are such a huge importance to your power spike and Arteezy actually knows this. And so I believe he's a Shadow Fiend and he just got his Shadow Blade. And so what does he do? He walks down to the Illusion Rune and he says, hey, the enemy team doesn't know that I have this Shadow Blade yet. So what do I need to do? I'll drop my Shadow Blade and activate this Illusion Rune. Now my illusions don't show that I have this Shadow Blade. And he's so good at microwing. So he sends his illusion into the mid lane as if nothing ever changed, right? Oh, here I am, this hero with no new items, no new abilities, and I'm just last hitting away. Awesome. Meanwhile, the real Arteezy shadow blades in behind the hero and he's invisible the whole time. And the enemy hero thinks, oh yeah, there he is in lane, but boom, he pops out of nowhere, uses his old, uses all these abilities and is able to just catch the enemy hero completely off guard. Next level place right there. And what's so funny about this is most new players can't optimize these peak, you know, these peak power moments because one, we don't look at it what other people do. You know, if somebody were to pull that in my game where they were to get this rune and and not show a certain item, I, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't know. You know, most of the time I don't even look at that type of stuff. But that's the things that make, that differentiate good players from great players. Oh, definitely, yeah. The difference in skill level, like, you know that good players are always looking at what items you have. Yeah, exactly. And I think these are one of those things, you know, we want to talk about these novice ideas of, like, you know, the basics, I guess. We'll always talk about these basics within these podcasts. But I like learning about these new things that really are these small little you know, incremental changes that you can make throughout your gameplay to really up your skill. And really, that's how you increase your MMR. Yeah, and I think that's how we're actually going to be able to talk about these things. We'll highlight some of the things that we do in our matches, right? Different skill levels. We have a, a new player, somebody who's been playing for a while, and then we have these pros doing next level plays, yeah. right? I mean, we'll also have this clip, and I just love highlighting this, is Sumail is playing Earthshaker mid. And it was, he really, in the past couple of patches, or the past couple of tournaments, had made Earthshaker mid pretty popular. Uh, there's a game where he just dominates as it. And he realizes that Earthshaker has this power spike at level 6, right? It's another one of those power spikes or these power peaks that you reach in a match. And so what's he do? He goes and grabs one of the bounty runes that gives you a little bit extra gold and a little bit of extra experience. Grabs it when he's just almost level 6, knowing, hey, if I eat this bounty rune, I'll get level 6. Me, naturally, I probably would just be like, dude, I just need my 6 right now. Let me just grab that rune and get level 6 and use my ultimate as soon as I can, right? Well, no, he wants to fake out the opponent. So he bottles it, goes to lane, and then he fakes the guy out. Oh, I'm not six yet. I'm not six yet. And then the opponent gets a little too close, and he's like, oh, dude, gotcha. Eats the banner rune, gets a six, boom, uses his echo slam right as he, you know, pops that bottle rune. Next level. Yeah, insane. Like, I never, never would have done that. I would have just been like, 
Give me my six, man. I'm going to go Echo Slam somebody. Oh, whatever. Yeah. We're, all, we're all just way too greedy. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You're just way too greedy. The patience. I mean, that's something I've actually really learned, uh, especially when we talk about power spikes, is when you know you're strong, it actually enables you to be a little bit more patient. Really make sure that you can make that play because you're so much stronger. You're not just going to die right off the bat, right? Yeah. Because you have that power peak, you're able to maneuver your team a little bit better so that can give you that advantage just a little bit more. Be patient with your plays, really. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think oftentimes we get this idea in our mind that we're powerful right now, which means we're untouchable in a way, and we just rush in. Like, it surprises me how often you'll be in a game. Like, I was in a game recently. You know, obviously it's low MMR. but uh, <laughs> That one th- that 1K MMR bracket. Oh, I wish we were over 1K MMR. We're still, <laughs> we're still in that 900 MMR right now. But I, I was, you know, playing a, an initiator at the time. I think I was Batrider or SK. And I was trying to wait for the optimal moment. I saw Zai do this a lot in TI7 where he would wait for his optimal moment while the team fight's going on. He wouldn't even be inside the team fight. And at a low MMR mindset, you go, man, look at this guy. He's doing nothing right now. Like, Universe did so many great examples with his Enigma where he would just wait till the optimal moment to use his ability. And I think this kind of leads into our second point of one of the best times to peak or when you get this next power level is through your levels, right? Yeah, totally. There are so many heroes that their power spike is their ultimate, right? And it's like, yeah, the hero's okay and can do some stuff with the other three abilities that he has, but really, he's just waiting to get that level six so he can just slam somebody, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what kind of happened with this, is I was waiting in the background, I think with Batrider, and they were like, go in there, go in there, come on, you're not even helping at all, report, report. And I'm like, dude, I'm just waiting. I hop in there, get a lasso, we kill the guy. Because it was like I was waiting for the optimal moment because I think he had BKB or I, I think it wasn't that because I couldn't get him at the time because I tried before and failed. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew I couldn't get him. And I was just waiting for that. But lo and more, there's no patience. There's none of that. Yeah, totally. Which is so funny because that's like the the underlying theme of what we're going to talk about today is learn some patience, guys. Really, it'll pay off. But really, you can only have that patience if you're a little bit stronger than the enemy team. Yeah. And one of the ones, one of the characters, I should say, that has shown me a lot of patience, or at least timing, uh, is Nightstalker. Nightstalker's really popular right now, and for good reason. He's really powerful, but I love his early game because it's not only the levels that makes him strong. Yes, you want to get, I think, ideally level 3 by minute 4, but really his power spike is minute 4. Yeah, it's as soon as, like, which is another component in Dota, which is completely different than any other game, is that day and night cycle. Yeah, which in the beginning, it just seems like it's an aesthetic thing. You know, you're just like, oh, cool, switches from night to day. It makes it feel like... Make you feel like you're doing this month-long battle. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you're battling it out. But really, it's actually a component that affects you, you know? And with Night Stalker, I love playing him because, you know, you really can sit back and play like a, a third support within a, a tri-lane, you mm-hmm. know? And you can just try and, you know, get those denies, get that maybe a last every once in a while, do a lot of, you know, bugging them. But once you hit level three and it hits four minutes, then you start running amok. Yeah. Nighttime hits and you're just like, chains are unleashed. Yeah. And literally it looks like you were just crawling around. You're just like, I'm going to get feasting on the flesh of those around, you know? Yeah. And I love it. And it's just, it's so much fun to see him just rampage out there. And you have four minutes, you know, it's like Bonesaw from from Spider-Man back oh, in the yeah, day. Totally. Got four minutes, four minutes pain, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's it just fun to watch him go around there and and, and play that. It, you feel like a beast. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely that, that difference in, in power spiking, right? And 
it's really hard because a lot of the, it's true a lot of the power spiking and and the peaks that you get come as a team right i mean night stalker the first four minutes he's probably able to make a pretty big impact on his own but then later in the game as you know these power speaks come around every four minutes as night stalker your team really needs to say collectively hey guys it's nighttime one of our characters is really really strong right now right now maybe we should do something about it right maybe we should try to make a play maybe we smoke maybe we use you know marana's ult or whatever you have in your arsenal to to take that advantage to the next level take an objective with it right yeah that was one of my favorite things when i was learning the game is i would play a lot of bloodseeker i think bloodseeker is really fun and he's a pretty easy player to learn because he has such a like his healing ability kind of makes it a little bit where you have some forgiveness i guess mm -hmm. but i thought it was interesting because whenever we would play together I would hit level six and you go, now this is your time. Find somebody, rupture them, we're going to kill them. You should be able to get a kill on your first rupture like 100% of the time. Oh yeah, and that's why he was such a huge player in TI7 is because you would always see like S triple C, hey, I'm going to play this amazingly powerful, you know, Bloodseeker on the map because one, I'm able to globally get strength if my team's doing well and is able to keep the enemy team weak. Right. But more importantly is I have this low cooldown ultimate that does pure damage that keeps this person locked in one position. Right. And so it, you can easily as a team distinguish, hey, my power spike is hit. Let's focus on somebody and kill the person that we need to kill with my ultimate. Yeah. And I like this uh, dynamic between levels that really it's kind of like level six. It seems like that's the biggest one. I like how Night Soccer can show us that power spike doesn't just necessarily mean level six, you know. But I also think talents introduced such a different dynamic also in that there were different, you know, people got these buffs that just made them so much stronger, you know, and, and some of them were immediately. Like I look at Puck, for example, who I think his level 20 or 25 is he gets plus 400 gold per minute oh, or yeah. something it's like crazy. that. It's crazy. Yeah. 420 GPM. Blaze it, bros. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is incredible. You know, immediately it's not some huge impact, but let's say you get that at, you know. 30 or 40 minutes and you end up playing a 60 minute game think how much more extra gold you're getting oh right yeah there. that's why it's like hey i mean this this particular talent the the 420 gpm talent and level 25 for puck isn't this huge power spike immediately but everyone guarantees that hey when i get this gpm talent i'm gonna get a level 5 dagon which is just an instant huge nuke right out the gate whenever i need it right and so really timings doesn't just come with levels but it comes with or sorry these power speaks peaks don't come with these levels necessarily always but with these timings which is why i like to highlight this game with eg versus wings at ti6 right wings arguably one of the best teams ever to have formed in in the history of dota drafting these crazy weird drafts right and in this particular match that we're highlighting wings drafts rubik tidehunter enigma timbersaw and razor and you look at that draft and you're like what are they trying to do like what's their goal there's no real hard carry, but they're really basing it around this whole, hey man, we're just going to be super tanky and super beefy around that 25, 30 minute mark. And we're just going to barrel down mid. And what are you going to do? The, the heroes that you've drafted against us aren't strong enough to kill us. And even if they are strong enough to kill us, we've got Razor just sucking that guy's damage down the drain. And so the power spike in that game is just so crazy. And you can hear the commentators say, they're not doing any damage. What are they doing? Like, what can they do? They literally can't kill anybody. Yeah, it's amazing these different ideas. And I know I wasn't as uh, inclined to understand what was going on during that time and, and the impact that Wings did. But now watching back on their games, it's impressive all the different combinations that they were able to pull and the understanding that they really had at that time. Yeah, I mean, really the 
timing and the power spikes are only possible because they're able to get some of this map control, which is a whole nother dynamic of power spiking and power peaking that you can get inside the game. Power spiking and power peaking, totally using interchangeably, completely synonymous, <laughs> yeah. the exact same thing, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, with inside the game, taking that first tier one tower or those all those tier one towers or even like the tier three tower, those are all power spikes that you get as a team that you really need to take advantage of. Yeah. And I see so many times that I take a tier one or we take all the tier ones. And then it's funny because when I first started playing, positioning is so important where you are on the map. And I used to think, well, this is still my jungle. You know, yeah, I've lost all my tier one towers, but I can wander out yonder to my to my camps out there and, and I would always die. And I don't know if it was because they actually understood. I was actually playing with you, so I was playing with a lot higher MMR. But there's a lot of times that people don't do that. We'll all be playing on a team and we'll have all the tier one towers and we'll just be still farming in our own place. And they'll be like, go, you know, we'll talk about farming their farm, but we don't actually go do it. Yeah. And that's something that's something that I personally need to improve on and that everybody on your team and as a community as a whole needs to understand. Not that I'm the best at it either, but I feel like in games, we'll take these tier one towers and we'll think, hey guys, I did my job. Okay. So I'm just going to retreat, go to my jungle and keep farming like I was. Took my tower. You guys take your towers and we'll just, you know, I'll just be here waiting for you guys to do your job. Right. But it shouldn't be like that. It should be, hey, we took a tower. Now let's make that tower our space. Right. Let's make it so that it's hard for them to take that area back, not just retreat and give up what we just took right or we take all the tier one towers well that's a whole level another level of the map whole new quarter of the map that we just took that we can now have at our disposal right there are some creep camps in there there are some lane creeps in there that we can start taking advantage of and start placing vision of that we should be playing up at yeah and i think this can give you a level a little bit of leverage too i like watching people who can push like crazy like you think about nature's prophet or broodmother or certain characters like that where, you know, some people call it the rat strat, you know, where you can just totally. sit back and you can do this. But it is one of your it's it's one of your arrows and your, you know, your quiver that you can pull out and you can use because, it, you know, let's say they're pushing. And this is something I've learned a lot through recent, you know, through watching these pro plays is, you know, as a low MMR, our immediate thought when they're pushing high ground is everybody come back. Let's defend. Mm hmm. But something I've learned recently is one of your power spikes can be, no, we're for going, to, going to defend, need your profit, you go out and you push and you push and you push. But like a lot of people don't think about that because then it looks like, oh, you're just out there farming or you're going to do this. But it is such a good counteract in, in what they're doing. Yeah, they have so much more room. And sometimes you don't even have any, you haven't even taken any towers. But let's say the broodmother goes out there pushes straight up lane into their barracks. Now you're getting them to pull back. Oh, yeah. I mean, the game that we recently just played where you were Broodmother mid. That's, that's what like, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of your first games is Broodmother mid. And we're just like, you know, constantly asking, dude, do I need to come to the fight? Do I need to come to the fight? And it's like, no, dude, you just keep pushing down mid because they have to react to it, right? We have this power spike. We have this map control. Let's take advantage of it and push the situation, right? If you are able to stay safely in the lane and take towers, keep doing that. That's that's your powerful move, right? That's the move that you can take. One of the, the biggest upsets, I don't know if it was necessarily, okay, definitely was an upset, but uh, the game in TI6 when the lower bracket finals between EG and DC is you see EG pushing down the middle lane of DC's base. And you're just like, oh man, five man going down mid. They're going to take EG's base. Oh, they're going for it. And then what do you do? You're like looking up at Moo on this Beastmaster. And you're like, Moo, what are you doing, dude? Like, there's no way that you, a solo Beastmaster, 
can do anything when they're five man meeting down down the enemy team's base. Like you need to get back. But Moo made a crucial a crucial decision in that time. He's like, no, I'm just gonna take these racks and then I'm gonna go back. Literally, he won them that game. If it wasn't for him taking those raxes with all of his necro books and all of his summons, they they definitely would have lost a lot of power in that push. Yeah, and I don't think this is in one instance for these examples right here, that it's not just an item or a level and talents. It's the mixture of both. Mm -hmm. You know, you can peak, you know, there's the there's these peaks where you get through where level six, it happens. Or you get blink dagger, it happens. You have a spike, you do this right now. But then there's kind of a deeper understanding of your character where you have this power spike and you go, yeah, I can push right now as nature's prophet. I can go around the map. I can keep these lanes pushed out. This is my spike. It's not a literal in the moment spike, but you have to have an understanding of your character at this point. Of yeah, definitely. That... Whatever you're strongest at, right? You can't just say, hey, my, my peak happens right now at you know this certain time, unless you're a Night Stalker or whatever. Yeah. But you, know, you have this innate ability as a certain heroes that they're just good at right anti-mage really good at split pushing and dividing up the map and he's also really good at picking people off and stuff right getting away making so there are certain heroes that their power spike elongates the game and lets them take over because that's what they're good at yeah it really comes down to having an understanding of the characters I think if you're new to this game, the first thing you need to do is, one, research the characters. Totally. And pick, you know, it was really fun reading more about this and learning about this topic. Because I think the first thing you do is you say, I want to learn mid lane. And when I learn mid lane or wherever lane you're going to use, off lane, for example, is what I did. And you just say, okay, this is these are the three characters I'm going to do. And you learn their spike moments, you know? Yeah. Like you said, or how you would teach me, you know, Bloodseeker, level six, you do that. Slardar you know, you get the blink dagger or you do these things, but you also learn your opponent too. There's that whole layer of learning what your opponent is also good at because that understanding your opponent and their spikes is just as important as understanding your own. Yeah. You definitely should be able to recognize when your team uh, is strong. And then when your opponents are strong, right? Hey, I know that Earthshaker just got six. Or I know Enigma just got six or he just got his blink dagger. We need to avoid, or we need to bait their strength out and then wait for that to be on cooldown. I mean, that's a whole 60 seconds, 40 seconds, however long it is, where they're significantly weaker than you are. Take an objective after that, right? Go to Roshan, make sure that you're able to get that extra life, get that extra surge of gold and experience. That gives you the upper hand for the next eight minutes. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a game we actually played, I think it was last night or two nights ago, where we were playing against a Sven. And the whole game we were winning, honestly. But the Sven just disappeared for a while. And I think you have to understand, you know, for him, he just needs to go farm. And he came out of the farm totally powerful. Yeah. You can't just ignore. And that's one of the the, the secrets to Animage pub matches for sure is he's just farming in his lane. And you're just like, oh, he doesn't have Battle Fury yet. Don't worry. We're safe. And boom, he disappears for like seven, eight minutes off the map. And he comes back with a Manta and Butterfly and Basher. Yeah. And you're just like, where'd this guy come from? And then he just right, wreaks havoc on your whole team. And he's like, well... We just lost. There's actually a hilarious Reddit post of Animage. We'll actually post that on our website as well. It's amazing. Props to whoever made that. I didn't read who who made that Animage anime thing, but it's hilarious. You oh, guys I have haven't to seen check it, it yet. I'll have to go check it's it so out. So funny. Yeah. Well, there's so many different components that really bring together how you can win the game throughout these you know these phases throughout the game. And I think the more you understand your character, you understand items, 
you can optimize these moments that you have through. And, and it helps your whole team. And your whole team has to also be willing to work through that. One of my favorite games from TI7 was when Liquid had the Alchemist, right? Miracle played as Alchemist. Mm -hmm. And throughout the whole game, they're pretty much losing. But then Alec just goes and farms and he does what he needs to. But, you know, it's easy to focus on the Alchemist because he got his peak with these items that he got. I don't think it was one specific item. It was just he got a lot of items and he became really strong. But what's amazing is what his other teammates do. You know, and I think that's where it really comes in. And that's why Dota is so great to watch and participate in is because it's such a team game. The other four players, like, Miracle is getting dominated in mid lane to the Quap. But Matumba Man's like, you go lane, I'll go in the middle. And he was level four. Quap was yeah. a level seven. It's yeah. already a bad matchup. Sindarin says, he's like, this is a horrible matchup. But Mer- Matumba Man holds his own enough where it doesn't matter. He's able to Makes go. Makes enough space for yeah. that alchemist to get the peak levels and the peak items that he needs. Yeah. Meanwhile, GH is going around with his Urshaker. You know, Matumba Man era, Mind Control. They're just making all this space. And that's what's so impressive is they understood, I'm not the focus of this game. You know, I know this guy has this spike and, and you just don't see that enough. Yeah. I mean, that's just one of the drawbacks of, of pub matches these days. Uh, I guess any day. I don't think I've actually today I had a pretty good pub match where I actually felt like a team. I hadn't felt like that since I did my first round of Battle Cup where it was like, oh, my gosh, I feel this like definite power push between teams and my team and their team and like one mistake can make the difference in the match for sure. But I mean, you really just have to, as a team, come together and say, okay, who's going to make the decisions? Who's got the the power on our team? And then they should really be the shot callers. Uh, EG recently did a, a Reddit interview. And that was one thing that was asked to several of the players is, hey, who calls the shots on the team? And it was unanimous within the teammates. We actually give the shots calling to usually the supports, Crit or Zai in the early game. And then really after that, it's just whoever's strongest. Whoever's strongest really should start calling the shots because they're going to be the ones to either bait in the plays or make the plays or be the counter initiator or whatever it is. They're going to say, hey, I'm really strong. We should probably revolve around me. That's something that's kind of hard to do in, in pub matches, but... If we can get all on the same page of, yeah, let's just listen to whoever's strongest in the moment, it'll probably be the best for the team. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to be able to get some understanding among all Dota players where they're just kind and are willing to play around each other? Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> if only there was like some sort of thing that they could tune into and listen to that would help them really understand some of the key important parts of Dota and then implement that in the game. Wow. You're... you're I wasn't expecting us to be the answer, but I'm fine with it being us the answer. Hey, if it calls, I guess we'll answer. Yeah. Well, I think these are some really good points, you know, and and they're also points that aren't super easy to understand or to grasp. And sometimes you can't do it without a good team. So maybe you go onto Reddit and you find a good team. I do like those resources where you can go and you can find other players who also are looking for somebody who's not going to be a total jerk to him in the game and start reporting after five minutes. Understand that, hey, this might be my first game as this hero, and we all got to start somewhere, right? Seriously, isn't that the worst? Is when you're t- I still have characters I've never played before, but I never go into a game and say, hey, this is my first one, because I'm getting flamed yeah, so quickly. So toxic. Anyway, so just to kind of recap, we just wanted to let everybody know there are power spikes in the game. Relay that information onto your teammates. Say, hey guys, I think I'm really strong right now. Or hey, it's super important that I get my blink dagger. Or whatever it is, make sure you just communicate with your team and then be patient. Because 
you're going to be able to make huge plays once you hit those power spikes. And you just got to know that, right? Void has his chrono. He's got his blink dagger. Just be patient. Yeah. And if not, you know, you have those those movies, right, where they're in, like, the prison. They're playing some basketball, and it's like, oh, oh, I'm thinking Longest Yard. That's, that's the movie I'm thinking of. Where I think he, it's football. No, but they're playing football in that one. But in the movie... He has to gain the, the respect oh, of yeah, the basketball. Yes. He does it through basketball. And he gets beat up and all that stuff. But he shows his respect. You know, he earns the respect. You know, sometimes I feel like that's all you can do is is understand that character. And, you know, when I was playing this brood game the other day, it was hilarious because we're getting pushed so much on our high ground. We hadn't taken any of their towers. And I decided to make the decision. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go to theirs. I'm going to start to push. And I was able to take their two, their tier one, tier two, and then a, a, their tier three, and we got them to back up. And it totally changed the whole dynamic of the game. And the people started listening to me. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. He just made a really cool play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes we don't make that really cool play. We don't earn the respect. But everybody out there, there are some brood players, and they deserve your respect. This is this is gonna go bad. People, I hate no. brood. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're gonna be like, okay, Dodo Bird said that we should pick brood <laughs> and nature's profit, <laughs> and that we should just start rat Dodo right now. <laughs> yep, that's what nine nine sixty six MMR players do. Is we just do some rat Dota. No, I I I've only I've only done this like three games out of all my games. So it's not like I'm like just banking on that. <laughs> Anyway, we just want to thank everybody for listening to tonight's podcast and uh, just let everybody know out there, we will come out with a podcast every single week. So subscribe, t- stay tuned, and thanks for listening tonight. Yep, and make sure to follow us at Dodo Birds on Twitter. And then, yeah, check out our Reddit posts and let us know if you have any questions or topics or suggestions. Thanks, guys. Good night.